Zach. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Um, very excited to have you on. This has been a long time coming. I know you and I have been trying to arrange this for a while. Why I wanted you on the podcast is one of the things I've always admired about uh, the company you work for, Sours um, Snow Management, is that you guys have an incredible training program. And I know that because you guys also have an incredible social media program, and you're very proud of your training program and you often promote the fact that you're doing training and that you've got employees and and service providers involved in training and I really wanted to tap into today a couple of maybe tips and things that contractors can think about as they try to boost the effectiveness of their training program, especially when it comes not only to uh, job site sorts of things but safety and processes and procedures and, and that sort of thing. No, that's great, Mike. Thanks so much for having me. I, uh, I've been looking forward to this as well. Like you said, I know we've been trying to get together for a while, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to sharing a little bit about how we train others at Sowers. Now, take me back a little bit. How long did it take you guys to develop a, a really uh, effective training system, and, and what, does, what did it used to look like compared to what you have today? Our training has definitely evolved over the past six to eight years, I would say. Starting out in our office, in our conference room, uh, we'd bring our, our service providers in and the entire team in. We, at the time, thought we were doing great and we would we would train on what we knew and uh, we would share bits and pieces of things we've learned at, at industry events and stuff like that. But as the company grew, we found a need and we realized the need to improve on that training. So from from our conference room at the office, it kind of scaled up and we moved to a larger conference room at a community center. Uh, we were there for several years and uh, utilized different speakers and you know, we bring in different, different in industry experts and we ultimately wanted our team to get the full idea of, of what the snow industry is about and you know, ways they can improve on, them, on the work they provide. And it has grown now this to this last year to a you know this large multi-day event where we bring in uh, over the course of two days several hundred people to train them and to make sure that they are equipped and that they are fully prepared for uh, snow season as we know it here in Philadelphia. You know what were one of the first indicators that you guys saw, and I think this is the uh, situation for a lot of contractors. You think you're doing the right thing. You think you're being effective. But then all of a sudden you're not. Was there a tipping point or an event or or something that took place that you collectively said, hey, you know, maybe we need to look at revamping this a little bit. Maybe we need to up our end a little bit. Yeah, Mike, I think there's uh, there were three three mistakes we probably made. Uh, the first one uh, was we thought we knew what we wanted to train on. Right. And so, you know, it makes it, we thought it was common sense. We're, we're pushing snow. So we need to show people how to push snow. And that was the first mistake. We realized that our training needs to be much broader than just operational do's and don'ts. Uh, so while we still train on ASCA industry standards and ANSI standards, uh, you know, our, our training is much broader than that now. We cover topics such as core values. We, we cover topics about who we are as a company. You know, we are a family-owned company, company and a family-operated company. And so we really wanted that to trickle down through every single team member uh, for our company. So... Uh, we kind of instill our core values and our culture through everyone, whether you are a full-time employee or whether you are a service provider or a seasonal employee. Uh, that was the first mistake that we, we corrected was our, what we were training. We added all those different facets of training um, to the curriculum. The second mistake we made, I think, was uh, we thought we dedicated enough time to training. 
uh, and we quickly realized that that was not the case. You can never give enough time, enough energy, enough money, enough resources to training. Uh, just when you think you have enough, you look back and you could, oh, I could have done that better. <laughs> oh, you know, oh, we could have done this. Always, uh, you know, we increase our, our time that we spent on pre preparing for training and actually providing the training. Uh, you know, that's why right now we are talking about training for this coming fall. Uh, we are actively planning and scheduling and building that curriculum right now. Uh, you know, it cannot be done in a week or two weeks. It needs several months to put a comprehensive program together. And then the last mistake, Mike, sorry, uh, the last mistake was we assumed our training was good. Uh, you know, we, we did it one year and we're like, oh, you know, this is awesome. Let's keep doing this. And so the next year we did the same thing and we realized that there were, we were missing the mark there. Uh, so no matter how good your training is, it can always be better. Uh, so as a company, we continually push ourselves to thinking outside the box, thinking of different ways we can train. You know, it comes down to the audience. Uh, we are going to train a full-time employee much differently than we train a seasonal employee mm -hmm. or the, the way we train a, a service provider. Um, so know your audience and... Uh, always be prepared, you know, think ahead of time how you can effectively train your team. You know, one of the things you, know, you can offer uh, a ton of training, you could have in the greatest speakers, but whether or not it's actually seeping into you know, the, the people you have in the audience, into their consciousness, how do you ensure that there is some sort of comprehension going on of the lessons you're trying to teach? Yeah. So at, at first we, you know, our minds went to, do we quiz people? Do we make them follow uh you know, complete a test or something like that after after the training and we instead kind of we decided we want to instill uh you know a company culture our company values company-wide um so we brought in uh the best seasonal field ops managers we could find mm -hmm. uh, and that is how we kind of we have a checks and balances in place to make sure that the training that we provide in the fall is followed through on every single team member throughout the entire winter so throughout the winter uh, you will be, our, our team will receive training on the app. You know, if they have questions or concerns, our, our seasonal admin team is there to assist them and provide additional training. If they're out in the field in the middle of a snowstorm and they, the crew makes a mistake, you know, we have our field ops managers there to correct that mistake, but also not just to fix the mistake in the moment, but to retrain um, on, on the issue. You know, we want to eliminate the issue next time. So problems happen, issues happen. It's a snow business. But we take those those issues and we make sure we correct them so they don't happen again. You know, you guys are ISO certified, correct? Yes. How had that affected your training as well? Did you, the, the amount of training you guys were doing, did that in any way impact or influence how you guys achieved your certification? In reverse, did being ISO certified influence your approach to training? ISO is great because it keeps us organized and it keeps us pushing forward. We have our training and, and it, it's good. But the ISO certification makes sure it's organized and makes sure it's documented well. Um, our ISO certification, uh, you know, we're even clearer to make sure that our team follows the ASCA and industry standards. Um, you know, we know our ISO certification depends on it. So we want to make sure our, our team, company-wide, again, service providers, the full-time employees, understands what ISO is and how it affects their specific role. And so that is covered in every single team member's training, uh, again, company-wide. Uh, you know, it all goes back. We make sure that we, we follow those standards whenever possible. Mm -hmm. Do you guys chart any metrics as to how successful your training is actually uh, taking place in the field? And for example, are you noticing that maybe, you know, uh, hand crews in the field are, are completing their jobs 
you know, X mount faster or that the need to redo or go back and reapply uh, is, is cut down or eliminated? How are you guys able to uh, see that there's a return on that investment? Yeah, so our, our metric for during snow events, it's also an ISO metric. Uh, something we track for ISO is called a non-conformity. Mm -hmm. So non-conformity is any time where something happens that um, should have been avoided. So for example, a, a non-conformity could be that we were supposed to shovel a, a fire exit door at a property. And for whatever reason, that door is missed and the client had to call us back. So we'd consider that a non-conformity. Mm -hmm. um, and, we, and we track those. So our goal is obviously zero non-conformities. And if we see an uptick in a specific area that we are failing in, then we know our training was not right. You know, long-term, we've been doing this long enough now where we feel pretty confident we have a, a good training system in place. Usually when a non-conformity happens, it is because of, a, of an outlier. You know, uh, it was a new crew member on the crew for that day or something. The non-conformity is our major metric to make sure that our, you know, we're doing what we say we do. We're going to follow through on what we promised our clients. Very interesting. Any, what type of feedback do you get from uh, you know, employees or service providers on, on, the, uh, uh, on the training? <laughs> it's actually, we were just talking about this last week. One of the, the best feelings in the world is when someone comes up to you and says, wow, you guys did a really good job. Um, and it's one thing when an employee says it, but when it's an outside contractor, a service provider, uh, you know, that's always great. And so we're always, we always have some, or, you know, a few people come up to us after a, a training event in the fall and say, you know, you guys, I really walked away with this. I never knew, you know, blank, whatever, wherever it might be. So their feedback is always great. More than just training our service providers specifically for providing snow services, we want to add value wherever possible to their business outside of the snow world. So it's, it's always great when a service provider comes back to us or, or one of our managers comes back to us and says, hey, you know, I really learned, I really learned this during your training and I'm going to apply it to my own business. I'm going to take this and apply it to the green season. Uh, I just spoke to somebody a couple of weeks ago. We, so we do post season reviews with every single employee, uh, service providers included. And he said, you know, I really enjoyed you guys sharing about your core values at Sours and what they mean to you and how they're not just, you know, a, a sign up on a wall and you guys live and breathe them. And that, this service provider actually took those core values. Uh, he made his own, obviously, but and he he's instilling core values into his company now, right now in the green season. So it's always cool that we can add value to our team outside of just plowing snow. Uh, that is what we do. But the broader team, you know, our, one of our core values, Mike, is the power of a team. Mm -hmm. and however, we can add value to people is what we're about. And so when someone says they can take something we taught them and use it somewhere else, uh, it's a little extra bonus that we all enjoy. That's great. Hey, I'd really like to follow up on that point, too, by finding out, were you ever, have you ever been surprised along the way as you developed your training curriculum that uh, people or were more receptive to certain topics than the others? You know, maybe that, that surprised you. Like, we never thought that they would be so receptive to safety training versus, you know, uh, in the field type training. Yeah, when we first started training, again, we thought we need to tr just train on operations. You know, plow the snow here, don't plow the snow there. Uh, this is how you stake a site. You know, do not plow snow across the roadway. You know, things that we would say were common sense. Um, but our training has developed and, and kind of grown into something that's much larger. And where we get the most feedback is when we train about our culture, 
about who we are as a company and we train about our core values. Those really hit home to a lot of people. And I honestly think it's what separates us from a lot of other companies in our area, because while anyone can plow snow, uh, you know, we want to do something much larger, much greater than that. You know, we want to impact positive change on people. So uh, if we can share core values in our culture and we can make a difference that way, uh, that feedback is always welcomed. Last question, what sort of advice or tips can you give to snow contractors out there who recognize they have a need to maybe revitalize their training strategy? What sorts of things can you offer that are maybe easy ways to immediately uptick, you know, presentations and topics and whatnot that, you know, don't cost an arm and a leg, but can really have a lasting impact? Yeah, I think I think the most important thing is to think outside the box whenever possible. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you're training in the fall and it's not snowing doesn't mean you can't go, get creative in how you train on a certain topic. So, for example, we train on our mobile app, and when we're training our our team on our, on using our mobile app, it's usually sunny and 70 degrees. Um, but you know, we still do a mock training event, so we get everybody together, and you know, we'll put we'll put up on the TV up on the screen. Uh, this is a snow event. This is what's going on. Go outside and show us how you're going to document in our app uh-huh. what's going on. And so we just trying to think outside the box. You know, we could sit up and stand in front of the room. We could stand up in front of the room and talk about using our mobile app forever. And it might not make sense to people. But if we do it in person, you no know, hands on, if we think differently about how we train those people, uh, you know, it, it's more effective at times. I think, uh, you know, I was just reading. Uh, I think Fred Haskett just did a, a piece in Snow Magazine, and he had he had since uh, he shared a quote from Ben Franklin, and I'm probably gonna butcher the quote, but it says something about "Tell me and I forget, teach me and I remember," and I think it's "Do and I understand" or something like that. Right, right. And 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 that quote, you know, really hits home that you know, it, think outside the box. You don't your training does not have to be just you talking in front of a room for an hour. Uh, it could be, you know, being out in the field. Sh- go out and show your team how you want them to stake sites. If you want it done the right way, mm-hmm. uh, take your team and, and, you know, put them in a plow truck and let them push mulch or wood chips around and let them get a feel of how to operate that machinery. Um, you know, so just hands on, think outside the box, try something, just, uh, just go for it. You know, if you sit around and think about it too long, uh, it's not going to become effective. So, uh, you know, plan ahead, but just try something and don't be afraid to just go for it. And okay, I know that I said that was the last question. This is the last question. <laughs> you 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 really emphasize this philosophy of out of, out of the box thinking, out of the box training. At Sowers, what do you believe is your most out of the box uh, training regimen? Uh, I would say for our service providers, uh, number one, I think we're pretty pretty unique, and we train our service providers. Um, you know, to to our company, our service providers are often the image and the face of Sowers in, in some aspects. And so we want them to quickly get a, a good idea of who we are and how we operate. So we do that through two different evenings. Uh, you know, we, it's mandatory. If you want to work with us, you have to attend one of our training events. And in those training events, you know, we partnered with some great companies. Uh, we partnered with some local equipment dealers and uh, larger brand names. And, you know, those guys come out, they bring equipment. So they're sharing the newest and best equipment with our service providers. Uh, we'll provide dinner. Uh, we'll do mobile app training where, you know, the guys actually have the app on the phones and they're actually using it. Anything you can think of that will be engaging. Think about who your audience is and think about how they're going to learn best and just go for it.
Bye.